send it. We are here with Brian Cohn, Ryan Coakley, and we are on the work for uh, hustle and grind, hustle and grind podcast. <laughs> Man, I mean, Brian House is going to be out of a job if you keep that up. Come on! Now. <laughs> oh, jeez, <laughs> jeez, that was good. And you're keeping it going. There yeah. we go. We're going to keep it going no matter what happens. That's right. <laughs> so, oh, guys, full please. disclosure, we are here on the Hustle and Grind podcast with Brian Cohn from B Cone Knives and uh, and Ryan Coakley from Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks. And, of course, I'm Noah from Annie at River Forge. Uh, I'm not Brian House. But here's the thing. We're here for a podcast, and this podcast is for makers, do-it-yourselfers, lovers of knives, lovers of crafts of all kinds. And uh, we, we've had some technical difficulties today, full disclosure. Um, and, and so we've already had a bit of a discussion and, uh, we're back into it now though. And we're more energized than ever. And we are here to rock this thing. So be How are you, man? Dude, I am great. It's really great to be back into the hustle and grind podcast. You know, I love Jason. He's a great guy. He's, it's really cool that he started this whole thing, but I'm really excited to see where you guys take this thing next because I mean, I feel like your trajectory is just up from here. I mean, how in the hell am I going to be the next guy after Jason freaking night? <laughs> well, little do you know, this whole podcast, we're going to talk about hollow earth theory, oh, which will yeah, talk okay. the alien talk that we had with Jason Knight. That's and true. maybe interdimensional beings was good. It's going to get even better. Okay. All right. I'll let you guys talk about that because I don't know a damn thing about it. <laughs> See, that's the great thing is you don't even have to. You can just pretend like you do and just make stuff up and it'll sound mm-hmm. good. See, what it is, is I'm actually on the inside. I know all about it. I just want you to believe that I don't. See, that's that's, that's, that's it. That's See, I it knew is. it. I knew that there about you. There it is. You're hiding Cone, he's a that reptilian. beautiful bald head. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a reptilian in a hairless human suit. Yo, okay, all right. <laughs> Step too far. Come on now. Okay, so so here we go. While we're talking about Sharp Santa over here, so I had this weird idea uh, last week or the week before, and uh, back uh, back when we were still with Jason, we were talking about, or at least Ryan and I were, we were making Jason very uncomfortable when we were talking about who the most handsome man in knife making is. Oh, and boy. of course, of course, uh, Brian house was among the top of them that we're talking about. Toby mural was up there of course as well, but here, here's what came to my sick and twisted mind was what if we came up with a men of knife making calendar? And Yo, we did some... I, I thought of Go that ahead. the other day. Did you really? Like, it's we... like, it's like I... our minds are connected, man. I but not like a men of knife making. I thought we should do a hustle and grind guest calendar. Ooh. So like so like we pick a guest from January, February, all the way up through the previous year and put them in a calendar. Were you thinking of doing sexy pictures? No. 
Because I was totally Melody. thinking about doing sexy pictures because like I'm I'm talking like we need to get like some some female people to be buying these calendars. And then, I mean to be <laughs> fair, I'm I'm gonna put it on my wall too. But can you imagine a picture of you know Brian House like like he like maybe it was maybe it was the reel that he posted the other day of of him sensuously laying on his new welding table. <laughs> maybe maybe it was that to put it into my brain. But yeah. But but the best thing that comes to my mind is that who are we going to have for December? Oh, we're going to have Sharp Santa. There it we is. Have to. We're going to have uh, Sharp uh, Santa as December for men of knife making. And I mean, you can wear some suspenders. You can wear a Sharp Santa hat. Whatever it is, is man. I think, and just, I think it's How about it's the doable. Sharp Santa hat and nothing else? There it is. There it is. Uh, that's a little too far, bud. Wow, you just <laughs> way over the top oh. right away oh come on i thought that that was that kind of show here what's going on i was thinking like a banana hammock like a red floofy banana hammock like oh would goodness wear. Oh. well you gotta think <laughs> nobody santa, wants to see santa's that not even bag, but santa also has his pants i think i think that's important <laughs> but santa also has his pants that's true oh goodness oh boy i mean this is an idea i don't know if it's a good idea but it's definitely an idea this is, is a safe that. place. Okay. We can make it happen. <laughs> we can make it happen. Oh, goodness. That's going to be oh, a weird man. conversation I'm going to have to have with Kyle. Hey, Kyle, I really need a really good photo. What's it going to be of? <sighs> Me and a Santa hat and a banana hammock. Ooh. Ah, you know, uh, sorry, man. I don't think we're going to have that happen. Come on now. <laughs> I, I think it could be great, but okay, fine. Hey, right. listeners, listeners, if you if you want to see Sharp Santa standing, leaning on his anvil with his his hat, maybe some pants, but no shirt. I mean, maybe just some suspenders. If you your want to see that on that. your December calendar, you let us know if if the people want it. I think we could convince Sharp Santa to do this. Uh, good luck. Dep- depends um, on how much money the calendar makes, I guess. <laughs> well, see, <laughs> where here's, that money's going. That, yeah, that's yeah, the we, best part is I was thinking we could do this for a good cause. I mean, I don't know what good cause, but I'm thinking there's a good cause out there that, that could convince some of the, the beautiful men of knife making to, to, to put it on display. How are we going to get 12 masculine dudes to do boudoir shoots in a funny so way? Let's take uh, this through all the way to the end. So we've got Sharp Santa on December. Who's January? I don't know. I, See, that's uh, the I, thing. I, I, I didn't actually come up with them. This pickle. was just a random idea that I had. I didn't actually think about it. Yo, pickle cutters could be like snowboarding down the side of a mountain. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. There's, you got to have like that a, in, a, in a snow time. Like a short tattooed little Sasquatch on a snowboard. <laughs> yeah. With a hammer in one hand and tongs in the other. There it is. <laughs> Dude, I'm starting it. to really like this idea. We should make this happen. We can, I mean, we can make it happen. I mean, you can buy calendars and, and, and sell them. I mean, there's surely there's a good cause out there that we can think of that we could convince 12 men to, to put their bodies on display and, and make oh. this thing a reality. I'm starting to cook up some ideas. Like what if, mm. what if it was like, you know, getting somebody to blade show that was, wouldn't be able to otherwise. Or see, buying I, equipment. See, those sure. are fine goals. I was thinking about like starving children in Tahiti or something like that. But, I mean, <laughs> your guys' idea is great too. 
<laughs> okay, I guess that is confirmed. I am an asshole, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew oh. that Shark Santa was secretly an asshole? Well. <laughs> He's like, all those kids are on the naughty list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so goodness. anyways, so so ridiculousness aside, so we were talking about about Brian's uh, his, his his work for it to podcast and the interviews that he's done. And then we were kind of discussing sort of how his interviewing style developed really quickly. And, and I was complimenting him on that and letting him know that, you know, the way that my brain works is I'm the kind of guy that will wait for, you know, if I'm watching a TV show, I wait for the whole season to come out. And then I watch the whole season back to back binge mode, you know? And so I kind of did that with, with, with Brian's new podcast where he's doing all these interviews. And what that allowed me to do was I saved up, I think four or five episodes and I just binged, listened to all of them in one day while I was at work. But what that allowed me to do was really to, to kind of get and, and, and listen to and, and, and hear the development in Brian's interview style and, and just how, how far he came in such a short you know, period of time. And I was really complimenting him on that and, and asking him kind of what his thoughts were as far as how he developed that or whether he had an interviewing background. Um, Brian, talk a little bit about how you developed your interview style and where it came from. You know, I really appreciate all of those kind words. Um, it definitely has been a lot of hard work trying to make, you know, a com- because a big thing with interviews, you don't want it to be question, answer, question, answer, because that gets boring and that gets choppy and it, it doesn't lead towards any something, any like new stories that you would have never heard otherwise. So I bet, I guess the real big thing is, you know, you start off with a nice big softball, just throw it on up there so they can hit it right out of the park, get comfortable, get talking and just kind of smooth, you know, smoothly transition into a conversation but have a solid, you know, list of things that you want to talk about so that, you know, there's never an issue of, okay, what are we going to talk about next? What are we, you know, nobody, nobody wants that dead time in there. So, you know, there's a lot of research that go into, goes into, you know, the pregame of these interviews. And then, you know, I've kind of been, it's been nice to interview a lot of people that I already know a lot about. Because, you know, I can always, I always have, you know, a back catalog of, you know, there's going to be this thing that you're super passionate about. Why don't we talk about that? And then they will talk about that for a long time. You know, it's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and then the other big thing is, you know, I, I listen to all of um, Full Blast podcast. I've been a avid listener of that for a long time. And then I was able to talk to Jeff Fader a lot about, you know, interviewing and what I should think about and what, what type of, if I go into this, it's not just like a half-ass type of a thing. Um, and I got a lot of pointers from him. Biggest one is, you know, don't ever turn the conversation back on yourself and don't get me wrong. I I'm, you know, I do that every once in a while and I kind of have to, you know, stomp on my foot to keep myself from. Oh, well, that's really cool. Well, I used to do this kind of a thing, you know. Well, that's kind of hard. That's kind of hard. Somebody says something, it reminds you of how it relates to you, you know. Like, it's, 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 it's not a natural thing for somebody who, you know, someone else is always, you know, the main character in their own story. So it's difficult for you to, you know, spend that time and focus entirely on someone else. And I think you do an excellent job of it. Thank you. And, and I am 
really cognizant now. I mean, it's it's a little bit more choppy in the first couple of interviews, but I'm really cognizant now about every single time that the conversation tries to fade back towards me, you have to turn that thing around because you're interviewing the person that is joining you on the show. That's what you're trying to talk about. And it's really, you know, the focus should be on them, not on yourself. I don't know. Yeah. You, you do really well at being a selfless interviewer and keeping the conversation directed towards them. Um, yeah. you've, you've done a really good job at, at figuring that out. And a lot of interviewers, even famous interviewers, are really bad at that. Um, a lot Thank of you. them will be like, you know, uh, oh, you grew up in Michigan? I knew a guy from Michigan once too, blah, 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 blah. His <laughs> name was Ted. You know what I mean? And like, it, you do a very, very good job with that show. Um, and I could see that show really growing into something like lucrative and big, you know? Um, you know, it's definitely, it, it's really fun. I always walk away from those podcasts, super energized. I love those, you know, the interviews are always a lot of fun. I mean, the, the work for it podcast, it's always fun. And what's, what's really fun about it is like you sit down you talk to, you talk to the three amigos and you get through it. And then we sometimes will sit and continue to talk for another 15, 20 minutes. And it's like, okay, you know, you, we got to get back to work. What the hell are we still doing here? It's, it's been so long, you know, it's, it's very nice for sure. It's, it's a lot well, of that happened. Go ahead, man. go ahead. No, that happened with Jason Knight. After we stopped recording, the three of us sat here and talked about interdimensional aliens for about 40 minutes. Yo, <laughs> and it was, I kind of want to be a fly better. on the wall for that conversation. Oh my gosh. It was almost better than the rest of the interview and everything that we oh. had with him. It was fantastic. I, I was, yeah, it was great. So I was back tempted to, to hit saying. record. Oh, dude, I kind of wish you had. But anyways, so so back to you, Brian, with with the way that 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 almost seems to come naturally to you, are would you consider yourself to be more of like a naturally selfless person? Oh, come on now. <laughs> way on. to stroke my ego with that question. Come on. No, now. no, no. There's no there's no stroking here. There's nobody stroking anything. This is this is until this is, until I get on camera for the sharp Santa picture. OK, I get you. I get you. Right, exactly. That's that's. That's when it changes. No, no. I mean, because I feel like the, the three of us are people who can be very, you know, self-reflective. And, you know, we're, we're to that. I mean, we're decently close in age. You know, we're to the point where we're, we can be self-reflective and self-aware about our, our faults and, and, and our strengths. So I feel like objectively you – you know, I, I feel like you have an idea of, you know, because some people are people pleasers and other people are uh, are narcissists. And, and I feel like you probably have an idea of how that works into your personality and everything. And, you know, even in the way that you interact in your personal relationships, you know, whether it's your your fiance now, which congratulations, by the way, we can talk about Thank that you. later. Thank um, you. So anyways, I'm just curious, you know, have, have you have you naturally been sort of a selfless person in your life where you're trying to, you know, go out of your way to help others or, you know, how do you think that affects the way that you do interviews is my question. So I've always been kind of the person to always, for instance, in college, I had a little truck. I had a, a 85 S 10 and every single time anyone ever needed to get moved, I would be the first person to say, oh, oh hey, you know, when are you, when is, when are you moving the big things? I can roll by real quick and help you load it in, drive it across and save you the, the day of or that 20 bucks a day of, you know, renting a van or whatever. 
I've I've always I'm, I mean it's just kind of like my parents always I mean, my parents kind of rose you know raised me to you know hold the door if if you see someone walking up to a door open it up and hold it for them it's just like it's just kind of always been a thing I don't know it doesn't seem to happen. It doesn't seem to be some things that people really value nowadays, but I don't know. I always kind of pride myself in like taking the extra step out of, out of the way to help somebody if I can. But I also hate talking about myself like this. (laughs) Which is proof. It's proof that you are a selfless individual. Ugh, I guess whatever. No, that's 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 a really great thing, and and, and acknowledging oh. that about yourself helps you, you know, grow as, as a person as well. You know, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and everything, it's uh, it's a part of you know growing in life and and figuring out your place. So, but my point was is that it does come across that way in your interviews. You you do have that selfless interaction where you are focused on the person, and it does come naturally, which is why your interviews are good. You know, and that's why they're enjoyable to listen to is because you can tell that that interaction is genuine. If somebody's, you know, forcibly holding themselves back, you're going to be able to tell when you're listening to the way that they're talking, you know, like right now I'm very self-involved. So right now I'm talking about you and it seems forced. I'm sure everyone can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, man. I think, I think it just, as you start doing interviews, you kind of fall into a rhythm and you, you just, I mean, you just, have to go into it genuinely interested in what the person has to say and try to highlight them because I mean they don't have to be coming to the show and spending you know an hour and a half to get everything set up and then you know once everything's over like it's a solid commitment for people to come in to the interviews and actually spend their time interviewing like I want to show them in the best light possible and the best light possible is to let them talk, let them tell stories, let them go on big, long tirades about things they did in their past. And that's what the people want to hear anyway. So it's just kind of a win-win. I like it a lot. Yeah. I've noticed too that specifically it's, it's noticeable on your show that the longer you allow them to talk, the less they remember they're being recorded. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets it gets much more natural and fluid as as the conversation progresses. Um, and that's a really awesome quality. Another awesome quality you have is your networking ability. <laughs> you have like not even no joke, man, like you have a better networking ability than almost any maker I interact with on the Internet. Um, it, I mean, like yeah, it's. It's I can't explain it. It's just one of those things that it's true. It's it's. I, mean. I think I've just gotten incredibly lucky. It's been a lot of being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, some of that is, you know, if you're always there, you're going to be if you're always in the place, you're going to be there at the right time. You know, We're getting into the work for it podcast, the way that that started was I did a live stream and Brian House jumped on and it was like a, my first interaction with Brian House. And I lost my shit i was so goddamn ex- oh, excuse me i know that we're trying to keep the cursing a little bit further down um i was just so excited to that brian house it, i mean notice me senpai like it was brian freaking house <laughs> and it was just like oh my god and then shortly after you know i started talking to him all the time and shortly after that he said hey we are doing little little 10 minute interviews on the podcast do you want to jump on for a quick interview and I set up, you know, I, I got, I went and bought a mic, a small microphone to try to make it happen. And, um, you know, I, I made sure the Wi-Fi was good. I had headphones 
And I like tried to put in as much as I could to make that 10 minutes in the, in the right place as best as possible. And then shortly after that, they're like, Hey, we need a third person. Hey, Brian, do you want to jump on for an episode? And then again, I put in the best, best of my abilities to try to make it happen. And there it happens. It's, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how it's happened or why it's happened, but it just, I don't know. It's, it's just worked out, I guess. I've been incredibly lucky. I don't know what to say. It's awesome. Well, yeah, we're lucky but, to have you here, man. So, yeah, that, oh, I mean, it, it works both ways. And and I think a lot of that does have to do with the way that you come across because you do come across as that selfish individual, selfless individual who people want to be around. People want to be around people who make them feel good. And you make a lot of people feel good about themselves, whether it's being encouraging or whether it's, you know, just the the I don't know. I don't, I don't want to call it goofy, but your goofiness on, on the podcast. And I mean that as a compliment. I don't, I don't mean that. Um, right. In, yeah, a, in a bad you, way, but, but you add something to that podcast. That's, that's very valuable. And, um, and people are drawn to that. So anyways, so speaking of people going on and, and talking, um, so the other day on the podcast, on sorry, on your podcast, uh, you told a story of how you, um, how you proposed to your then girlfriend, now fiance and, and Benjamin Butler has, I don't want to say no filter, but I, yeah, I would <laughs> say no filter. The, the, the man says things that come to his mind and I love Ben Butler, of course. Yes. Um, but, but you told Ben Butler on air to shut up. There might've been an <laughs> expletive even in there. I don't remember. But I laughed out loud when I was at work, and I think my coworkers might have thought I was a little crazy because I do that on occasion. But uh, <laughs> but but how how was trying to tell a serious story over Ben Butler on on the podcast? How did that go? Again, we all love Ben Butler. The man can tell a story. There's something about the way that he speaks and how one story can seamlessly lead into another, which will lead into another. It's just he has a really uh, he has a gift for telling a story and keeping the story going. And, you know, he again, like you said, he just doesn't have a filter. And 99 percent of the time, that is a, a awesome thing for the podcast because it comes up like there's a lot of really funny moments in our podcast where we're doing something serious or we're doing something, you know, whatever. And then he has a one liner and it just makes everyone laugh. It's awesome. Oh yeah, his, absolutely. His one-liners are the best. Yes, He's got absolutely. The, he, they're gold. Yeah. You know, when I'm trying to tell a story about the whole experience and I'm being as serious as possible, it, it irked me a little bit. But I mean, it's, you know, I'm sure you guys know doing a podcast, it's like being in a relationship a little bit. Like you, you have to, you learn an ebb and a flow and sometimes somebody says something different and it doesn't really meld well with you. And you gotta, I mean, it's, it's just kind of, I I have no ill will for Ben or I have in the moment, even when I said, yeah, shut the hell up, Ben, come on now. Like that's, that was just like a, you know, it's, it's just like you would tell your, your brother or your sister, shut the hell up while you're doing whatever that you're trying to be serious it's it's yeah nobody's pissed off we've had a lot of those moments on this podcast before jason it turns out does not like the show south park and anytime <laughs> you bring up the show south park he gets really upset luckily for me it's my show now and i can talk about it all that i want i but am the captain now i even thought about going back in and changing donnie dulovich's episode to south park is the best 
because Jason made us <laughs> stupid. Yeah. But we uh, we miss him. He said it's he's very happy with the direction the show's going. Um but back to WFI, you guys are crushing it. And there was something that I had brought up to you and Brian House that I had not mentioned to Noah yet. And I figured I'd bring it up on the air. What's that? Um, oh, geez. The WFI Projects hashtag has way more submissions than you guys could ever possibly announce on the yes. air. Yes. And I was thinking, if Noah was okay with it, because this is a team here, that we would do our own version of that called the H&G Showcase. So it would be hashtag H and, like the and symbol, not ampersand. And yeah, ampersand. Thank you. So it would be hashtag H and G showcase. And anybody who's hashtagging WFI can also add that hashtag. And we will try and pick up some of the load from the WFI projects because that's a great feature of your show. I'm, a, It's my personal opinion that people worry too much about not doing what other shows are doing, even if it's working. Um, I, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. Yep, I agree. If, if, if something's working, why not do it? Um, how do you feel about that, Noah? I don't have a cricket button. Let's do it. Woo! There it is. There yeah. It is. Let's yeah, do man. It. Honestly, even if even if it means... You know, for the first couple episodes where the H&G showcase is still kind of growing, if you want to dip into hashtag WFI projects, by all means, do it. I mean, there's like you said, there's about 100 submissions and we are able to pick out like three or, or six. And it's just like, you know, there's there's only so much we can do. So if you guys want to dip into that, by all means, I mean, I of course, I didn't talk to the boys, but they're, they'd be totally fine with it. If you want to jump on hashtag WFI projects and then as h and g and like now i get to post post on h and g's showcase because i never use my own because wh- who wants to be the asshole who brings up his own thing on that there you go you just so now like, i get to participate you just show yourself <laughs> off you just hashtag wfi project like this week on wfi projects it's me <laughs> i know what right no yeah. yeah i know uh no, i, I think, I think it'll work really well yeah and then you I know i mean because a lot of makers they look forward to that shout out, you know, especially mm-hmm. the little guys with like a hundred, 200 followers. And there's so many guys out there who are just getting started, who have a hundred, 200 followers who are putting out really high level work and they don't even know it's high level because mm-hmm. most of us are alone in our shops. And we, other than Instagram, and if you don't have a big Instagram presence, we don't get to see other people's work that often. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think that is something that should be expanded upon and utilized more to help the little guys. What I love is when, when you shout out a really small account and then like, so let, I think the biggest one, I forget who it was, but they had like 56 subscribers or maybe it was even down to like 20 some subscribers you shout them out and then they just jump all the way up to like 2k or 4k or whatever. Oh, like in just a few days, you see those little itty bitty guys who are putting out crazy good work. And don't let me say itty bitty guys, because I am still an itty bitty guy. Like I'm, I'm right there with you. 
Yeah. But like, just, I love seeing those guys just absolutely skyrocket just because, Hey, we shouted them out. They're doing great work. Go check them out. Stop what you're doing. Go check out whoever it is. Yeah. And, uh, and now see we're their back stuff. to Brian being incredibly selfless. <sighs> Come on now. I'm I'm a I'm a leave if you keep this shit up. <laughs> I hate I no. hate talking about myself. It's just I, a, well, I don't I, know what I, it is. Well, you're our guest. We have to talk about you. Okay. But no, I, I completely agree, and and I and I love the way that you have that focus whenever you whenever you're doing the 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 hashtag on your podcast, and you specifically go and try and find those small makers because you're right. There are a lot of of makers who have not a great following. But I mean, nowadays, there's so much information available. There's so many great, you know, YouTubers and classes people can take to where their first knives when they're just starting out look incredible and and they need to have more eyes on them so that they can be encouraged and so they can keep going with it. You know, you don't want somebody to to think, ah, nobody's looking at this and then get burnt out and then quit on something that could be, you know, something that's life changing for them. And, and, and really, yeah. you know, turn into a really good passion that is going to take them somewhere. So I, I, I fully agree with that. And I, and I love that mentality of, of trying to, you know, encourage people and get them, you know, followers, get them eyes on their work. Cause I mean, a lot of people that are out there making, you know, knives in their shop, it's, you know, it's just them. And, and I think we all have this sort of, you know, um, introverted, uh, exhibitionism sort of that that we have where it's like yeah i don't necessarily want to talk to people face to face but i want to show something that i'm proud of you know i want to show something that i've done and 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 either get praise for it or or even just validation you know and that validation goes a long way it helps build confidence and that confidence can grow into motivation or discipline to keep doing the craft instagram is very hard. It is mm-hmm. hard to build a following without the help of others on Instagram. Um, to like just like, yeah, oh, man, yeah, I was gonna be the person who makes that switch. Oh, you beat me to it. Oh, <laughs> oh, come on, man. I mean, dude, that did Ryan Coakley with the freaking Joe Rogan shout out. I was, I was cooking up the idea of speaking of bringing up a little guy and speaking of you know people getting shout outs. Freaking Ryan so, Coakley getting a shout out from the one and only Joe Rogan. St. Rogies said my name. St. <laughs> Rogies. St. Rogies. That's a Shane Gillis reference. But uh, yeah, that was crazy um, and awesome and humbling. Um, he doesn't know it, but he saved my ass. Like I... I I like work's been very weird this summer. I did that big job switch and it turned out to be a huge fucking mistake. Mm. Um, and you know, nothing risk, nothing gained shit happens, but I've really been leaning into my knife making to keep me afloat. Mm. And I was three days away from missing my mortgage. All my credit cards are due. We're coming into winter. And just by that happening, I was able to cover all my bills, fill my oil tank, and just relax a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm by no means a famous maker now, but that landed me enough followers and enough orders where I can actually see momentum growing. So, where- so for people that don't know what we're referring to, 
for for people that don't know what 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 happened when when Saint Roger sent your name, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So I was I had a deadline to meet on four identical EDCs, and I had to have them done because I had agreed that I was going to meet up with the guy the next day. So I was up until four a.m. finishing these knives, doing the sheets, sharpening all that shit. It was like three thirty in the morning. I'm in my slippers. I'm sharpening the last one and I get it shaving sharp. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll just take a quick 10 second reel of me shaving my Joe Rogan tattoo on my leg. I didn't even think anything of it. I picked the first audio that I could find on Instagram when you punch in his name, when you're looking for audio for your reels. Um, I attached that audio just, I mean, I had, I dude, I put no thought into it mm -hmm. and I posted it. I finished up the knives. I went to bed. I woke up the next morning and my phone was going crazy. Oh. And I didn't even tag him in it. It turns out that Mike Jones knife and tool who didn't want me to announce that he was the one who said it, but I'm going to do it anyways, because Oops. it's because of him that all this happened to me um, is an angel. The dude's the fucking man. He didn't have to show it to Rogan. He, you know, he could have just kept scrolling and because he showed it to him and Rogan decided to share it on his page, not as a story, but it's on his page permanently, currently sitting at 4.7 million views. Wow. And it, it, I don't know how it's going to play out in the long run, but in the short term, it completely changed the trajectory of my making. It's got me almost in this point where I think that if my momentum picks up even just a little bit more, I could do this full time. Wow. That um, is huge. momentous. It's, it's unbelievable. It, funny story. Uh, make sure there's no kids in the room later that night. My wife was giving me some celebratory nookie. <laughs> <laughs> and right as I pulled my willy out, I go, what's it feel like to bang a famous guy? <laughs> and as I said it in that moment, I go, her answer could either like really make my day or destroy my day. Luckily for me, she goes, I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Very well, noncommittal. Very noncommittal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. it's just weird, man. Cause it's always been my goal for him to want to buy one of my knives. Like that, in the beginning, I set a metric that if I were to achieve that goal, then I must have achieved success at this thing that I'm putting every bit of myself into. Yeah. Um, and now I'm one step closer. He's said my name. Yeah. Which means if he sees my name again, he's going to recognize it. And the more that that happens, some I might achieve the goal. Here's the thing now. life goal. Here's the thing. So now every time your hair grows out on that tattoo, finish up a really beautiful knife. And instead of just like kind of quickly flashing the knife and then shaving, like really show that thing off and then shave, like show off every little bit. I've been noticing, you know, like I've been seeing one? you, you're showing off this, this uh, really beautiful, it looks like a Bowie knife that you've just finished up. What's going on with that thing? It is. This is for Hans Molenkamp. That's who the is. Oh. Hans Molenkamp is the director or the head of Monster Energy's MMA division. Whoa. So anytime you ever see a fighter who 
is sponsored by Monster and they hold the Monster cane in the ring after they knock somebody out. Hans is the guy who chooses who's sponsored. Um, wow. There you go. This is the first buoy I've ever done. The guard is wrought iron. And then I've got canvas micarta, a white spacer, and then black walnut for the handle with a red. Beautiful. Thing. Beautiful. Um, it's 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 uh it's not glued together yet. Oh, okay. It's all, it's all fitted, the blade's ready. And I gotta etch the guard to release the grain, but yeah, enough about me. No, dude, I wanna I'm I mean a- that Bowie looks like professional class. Like it looks phenomenal. I'm very I'm- proud of this knife. Like yeah. I don't I don't wanna send it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you ever made a That's knife where you're like, holy shit, I made yeah, it? Yeah, no, yeah, I've I've been in that position a couple times, and it's just like you know. But then you have to think like they bought the thing because they're as passionate about it as you are, and like this guy's this guy's influential in that in his realm of monster and you know MMA and like y- you're only opening doors impressing impressing that guy. Yeah. I, I have a lot of blue checks in my DMs. And Whoa, it's weird. Look Whoa. at you, buddy. It's now, weird. Now, the question is, did they pay $8 a month for that blue check? Or are they just kind of... <laughs> no, it's all these UFC fighters and stuff that... Like, Jessica Rose Clark was on the podcast. And, like, I just harassed them till they accept a knife from me. Yeah. So but here's the doing... twist. Go to those people and be like, hey, if you have a connection with Joe Rogan, if you get Joe Rogan to buy a knife from me, your knife is free. The, I, I've given every single one of them away. This Bro, come on now. Yeah, they're not going to come will. back then. They don't they well, don't. It's like, called self-promotion, Brian. Come on. Uh, you know, I guess I, I do that all the time, especially with the carbon fiber I've been working with. I've been sending it out left, right, and center, and you guys will be getting a pound of black pearl for sure. Thanks, oh, man. So I was going to tell you, actually, just... I've, I've been using that, that black pearl. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a new, uh, EDC knife, um, just to try and, you know, Mm, I don't want to go there. Um, anyways, I'm coming up with a new EDC, and uh, and so what I'm just going to do is have some very simple black scales that go on the side of it, mm-hmm. and they're just going to be bolted on with some uh, some bolts, so that's okay. quick, easy to take on and off. And that that inch wide um, G10 might work really great, but I got some of that black pearl from me already, and I I did like a test a test run and I kind of fitted it up and everything. And it, it looks fantastic. Not to mention like what you were saying on the podcast the other day about how easy that stuff is to work with. Yeah. That G10 is incredibly easy to work with. Like I prefer using like stabilized woods over, you know, something like G10 or micarta because micarta gets some deep, deep scratches in it that you just kind of have to work at and work at to try and get out and get polished and everything. This G10 is so incredibly, I don't want to call it soft, I, but it's not. It's, can I interrupt it's, it's you hard. for a second? Do can it, I man. interrupt you for a second? It's not G10. It's actually a carbon fiber. It's a monodirectional. Yeah, yeah, so it's a monodirectional carbon fiber that basically it's it's the same. It is the exact material. You know all of those giant windmill turbines that they've yeah. been putting up all over the place? The carbon fiber company that I hooked up with are the guys that make the carbon fiber for those windmills. It's also used for other things, but 
the windmills are completely like the inside, the structure inside of it is this specific carbon fiber. It's monodirectional. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's completely unique. Nobody else has access to this stuff. So I'm so sorry. Know. My, my, my brain is terrible. I was in my it's head, right. I was saying carbon fiber. So no, that's, that, that, that's my bad. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, the, the, the black pearl, the monodirectional uh, carbon fiber, it's so incredibly easy to work with because you know, it'll get those deep scratches if you're shaping it with, you know, like a 36 grit belt and, and you can just clean those scratches out of there so quickly. It, it it's, it's really incredible stuff to work with. So I, I really do love it. So, yeah, I've done a little bit of destructive testing with it. I took a piece of it and I, I made a shape out of it and I basically like polished it all up because my thought was, okay, if it's this easy to grind away and it's this easy to like, you know, put scratches in and then take those scratches out. I was worried that if you like drop it on something or you scuff it on, like I, I was worried that it was going to be really easy to damage, but I took a hammer to it and I like really tried to like put things in. And of course it did a little bit of damage, but not, not unlike anything else. I, I just, it's, it's bizarre. It's really like, it's every single time I send it off to somebody and say, give me what you think about it. Like, give me some feedback on this stuff. Everyone says it's a dream to work with. It grinds like butter and it polishes with almost little effort into it. And the same thing with the carbon fiber. I don't know what it is about it. Even my, um, the, the, um, the marbled X forge carbon fiber, that stuff grinds easy. Like I did a side by side with other carbon fiber I've had in my shop. And like, it just, it just grinds quicker. It grinds easier and it polishes up easier. I, I don't understand it. I really don't. It's just bizarre. I, I think it's the quality of the stuff that you're working with because you're getting this from an industrial supplier of, of you know, carbon fiber that's made for industrial use. I mean, windmills are, are no cheap product. I mean, so I think the quality of the stuff that you're selling is just above what other people have to offer for something like knife scales. So and the along those lines, the um, the X Forge, the the marbled carbon fiber, the shredded carbon fiber, whatever you want to call it. That stuff is made for sub. There's two different things that they do mostly with it. It's it's either subframes, so um, in super super light cars like endurance cars or like race cars and stuff, where like the chassis of it is made of a lighter lighter. Um, what's it? Basically, it it the chassis are made less structural on the outside so that it could be lighter, but then the centers of it is is filled with this um, carbon fiber. So it's ultra structural. It takes impacts. It's really strong. And then it's the other use for it is um, the um, like gears inside of really, really high end machining. So like oh, it's, wow. it's used in industrial, like basically it's, it's built to be really robust and really, you know, shock absorbent. And I guess it's just crazy that then you turn around, you go to grind it. I figured hearing all of that, well, I'm going to spend a year trying to grind this into a handle because it's, if it's that you know, strong, it's going to grind away like, you know, concrete or something. And then I went to grind it and I ended up grinding a knife handle way too thin because I just like leaned into it, expecting it to be difficult. And it ground oh. away like butter. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know what it was. It's, it's really bizarre stuff. That's really I can't great. Wait it's to, really great uh, stuff. I can't wait to get my hands on some of that copper stuff. I think that's going to look really good as spacer material in my hidden tank. Oh, chef knives. Absolutely. Yeah. That'll look sure. killer. Hey, um, um, do we need to hear from, we haven't heard from Chet in a while. Um, is there anything that we can do with that? 
Yeah, we we got some ads. We got to play. Chet has actually been demoted, and he is only doing the uh, uh, Bex Armory ad now. Okay. And Crafty Man Forge apparently is a voiceover actor. Yo. And so we have hired him to do the Phoenix Abrasives and Maritime Knife Supply ad. So we're having a really good conversation here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play all three right in a row. Okay. All three? Do you want... You, oh my is that goodness. Okay? Is That's that okay amazing. with you? It's Let's fun. do it. And Chet, then, <laughs> Chet and what do you have right, to say? Right from there, we'll roll into Florida Manor, Florida Manor Fraud. So, all right, okay. Man. All right. Let's hear from I'm looking Chet, forward to that one. And then Luke, and then Luke. Hustle and Grind is sponsored by BexArmory.com, professional-grade products for the DIY world. Bex Armory produces grinders and other equipment for everyone from hobby knife makers to professionals. Using finite element analysis, each tool is engineered to be the most durable, efficient, and quality product at a fraction of the cost from other companies. Go check out the BA Shredder 2x72 grinder and more at BexArmory.com and use code HUSTLE10 at checkout for an extra 10 bucks off your order. Thanks, Chet. Thanks, Chet. Hustle and Grind is sponsored by PhoenixAbrasives.com, your one-stop abrasive shop. They stock all the abrasive belts you need in all sizes. They also offer knife-making kits, which have all the goods you need in one kit, as well as hand-sanding and buffing materials. Go to PhoenixAbrasives.com and use the code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your order. Thanks, Luke. Nice job, Hustle Luke. And Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle materials, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off and Tell them we thank you, eh? <laughs> nice, Luke. Good job, man. Yeah, you man. crushed it. I he love sent those. me those today. Yeah, they they sound really good. If any Sorry, other podcast, Chet, you suck too bad. Oh uh, yeah. well. It's so to the... kind of finish up the carbon fiber talk, I have a little bit of announcement. I'm oh, I'm super oh. excited. Is this an exclusive hustle and grind announcement? I mean, I'm I'm announcing it here first, I guess. Sweet. So yeah. I, if you guys have listened to the Work For It podcast, I talked a little bit about the fact that I was getting one-inch what, strips. What, what's that? The the What, what did what I podcast? say? What did I say? I don't know. You said a podcast I wasn't familiar with. You, you asked if I listened to it, but I wasn't sure. The the Work For It podcast? Oh, okay. I'll have, <laughs> I'll have to give that one a listen. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go check that one out for sure. But anyway, so... I, I got my hands on one inch stripping that were cutoffs from this, this carbon fiber com- company of the Black Pearl. So basically, I got a boatload of this one. In- it's already cut down to one inch strip, and they're like 16, 16 and a half inch long. It's kind of varying between, you know, somewhere between a long 15 inch to a short 17 inch uh, strips. So basically what I did is I have spent all day today, and I will spend all day tomorrow and probably quite a few days in the future where I'm ripping these things down into handle scale size. But I don't want to sell them as individual handle scales. I feel like, you know, if you're getting such small quantities, you know, it's almost not even worth shipping off 
because you're going to spend so much more on shipping if you just buy one. So I am selling them by the pound. And basically that gets you about, you know, it gets you a, a full pound, gets you tw uh, 16 pieces of this carbon fiber, r roughly right around 16. Some, some of them will be bigger if they're smaller pieces, vice versa, whatever. Um, so it gets you right about the, if you're making like neck knives, you're going to get, you know, 16 knives out of them. And if you're doing larger knives, like if you, if it's inch wide, like EDC, let's say you have a four to four and a half inch blade. I mean, you're going to get at least eight knives and then a couple like bolster areas. Or, you know, if you're like Matt Gentry and you do the crazy, you know, multi scales, you can get those little center pieces, you know, you'll have a full scale and then a little, little, you know, floater or bolster area, whatever. Um, so that pound, the pound of material that I'm going to be selling selling them as I've been kind of workshopping around to try to talk to people roughly. What do you think that stuff will be worth? And I, let me go ahead and ask you guys, if you're getting a carbon fiber, especially the fact that it's, you know, monodirectional, you literally can't get it anywhere else. Um, it's, um, three sixteenths thick. So not quite a quarter inch, just a hair under a quarter inch. It's carbon fiber. What do you think a pound of that material would be worth? I would say at least 60 bucks because okay. you're looking at, you buy a set of scales of carbon fiber scales and you're paying 12 plus shipping. Right. So I'd, I'd say 60 bucks is a good deal for everybody. Thank you. Coakley Doakley. What do you think, Noah? I don't know. This one's tough because, because you're, you're looking at a very narrow market because you've got a narrow strip of carbon fiber. So only guys that are making smaller knives that are like a, the EDC, like you're saying, um, I mean, most of my full size knives are going to need, you know, one and three quarter to two inch wide scales. I agree. So it's going to be very specific of the people that are going to buy that. So it's kind of tough. I would probably say not to not to discount it, but I would say probably somewhere more in like the, the $50 range would probably be accurate because of because of the limits that you're putting on it by by it only being an inch wide. That that it rings really true in like we didn't talk about this before. I wasn't like, you know, hey guys, you should say this much, yoda yoda, you know, there's none of that bullshit happening. Yeah, I felt like um, I was on the spot there, so I'm a little offended, just so you know. <laughs> Sorry about that. So I basically I've been that your guys's, you know, you, your advice there rings true with all of the people that I've talked to. I've had people say as low as like forty dollars per pound. I've had some people go all the way up to eighty dollars a pound or you know, oh my gosh, that stuff is so cool. It grinds so nice. A hundred dollars a pound. Here's the deal. I'm starting it off. I'm going to sell the first hundred pounds of this material. And this is an introductory price. The whole idea of this introductory price is I want to get it out into the hands of as many people as possible. Give this stuff a shot, basically make it a little bit cheaper so you guys can get your hands on it. If you weren't going to otherwise per pound, $35 plus shipping. $35, that price will not last because, you know, I, it's just the way it is. I mean, this, this material it's, you know, the, I did a, a run of scales that were two inch by six inch. You get a set of scales and I sold them at $10 up plus shipping. So th uh, a pound of the material is like four sets of those two inch by six inch. So you're getting that much. So it's $40 of material at that crazy reduced price. 
Um, so I'm even lowering it from that crazy reduced price. And then if you buy it as the full sheets, the way that it will be sold more like more readily, because this one in stripping is kind of a one-off type thing. It's about $60 if you buy it in the full sheets worth of material. So this is very much an introductory price, trying to keep it low so everybody can try it out. And I want to move this material out into the out into the world. I'm going to be you know, doing giveaways. I'm going to be doing, I actually, another thing is I want to start, like, I want to go to all of the podcasts and be like, Hey, here's five pounds. Do some sort of a giveaway, a competition, do something and let these, these five pounds be the, you know, reward of whatever you want to do. So So here's the, here's the big question. Is that going to be available? So this is coming out on Tuesday. Is that going to be available on your website on Tuesday? So no, I am literally, I am cutting it right now. <laughs> like I, okay. All right. I am in the process of, of ripping it down so that it's sellable. Um, so it's not going to be probably ready for another week or so. I'm going, I'm, I'm really busting my butt. I actually, I had to learn about, I'm going to be shipping these things out in the small, it fits, it ships US, USPS boxes. Nice, and I had nice. to learn that you have to go onto the website and order a bunch of boxes because if you just show up and say, hey, I need 200 uh, small boxes, they can't do that. That's not a thing no. that you can just walk in and do. No. So yeah. I'm, I have stuff. I have the boxes order. Hopefully it'll be here by the weekend so that Emily and I can like stuff boxes all weekend. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to go live probably sometime next week and I'll start off with a bang. For sure, but I'm very all right, guys. So go it. go follow B Cone Knives on Instagram, and he'll have announcements on when this stuff is going to come out. And uh, after the show, we'll have to talk to B Cone about maybe doing some sort of a giveaway for our listeners because that would be fantastic. And we definitely want to get the stuff in your hands so you can understand what we're talking about. Yeah, guys, it's it's so. cheap. It's going to be right now. It's the cheapest it will ever be. So get on it while it's hot, I guess. I don't know. Well, I don't know what and, else to say. And I mean, you're not going to find, I mean, like, like we were just saying, I mean, this is different than any other carbon fiber that's out there for knife scales. I mean, this is, this is, I, I hate to hesitate, but it's windmill quality carbon fiber or, <laughs> or, you know, supercar frame quality carbon fiber that you're not going to find somewhere else. And you're getting it for a much better price than you're going to find that, you know, that other stuff that's going to be much more expensive. So I, I think that's huge, man. Yeah, I had an idea. Speaking of podcasts intermingling, and I almost feel like we should exclude one podcast from this. But let me pitch the idea. And then when, one, once I pitch the idea, you'll understand why. I was thinking, you guys are doing these YouTube build offs. Yes, like YouTube builder competitions. What if we did a podcaster? build off competition <laughs> we gotta leave out knife talk so that Morocco doesn't absolutely wreck our shit exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh like, goodness like, like i thought of this and then i was like but fucking knife talk i mean Morocco would just crush everybody it'd be like we'd have to leave out him and dennis tyrell well dennis tyrell's not on a podcast so he doesn't he doesn't Morocco Momasi could take a shit on a sidewalk and it'll be better than anything that we could ever make his poop could cut through my knives. <laughs> He's a huge oh, inspiration to me. I absolutely love oh, that guy. He's one of the, his episode of the Joe Rogan experience was the one that showed me that it's possible for us to make it doing this. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was, I was dabbling in it. And then when he was on Rogan, I was like, holy fuck, there's a knife maker on Rogan. Right. And everything changed. That was when I started like, oh, I could actually do this. But I think, I think that would be good. I think that would be fun. Maybe Fortside chat us work for it. Um, it might be difficult to get. Fire and steel. Well, here's, here's the question. Yeah, fire and steel. Here's the question. How do you do it? Because, you know, Ben Butler doesn't make knives or, you know, there, there are people out there that don't necessarily make knives. They're just makers who are a part of knife esque podcasts. We could do. Whereas like a couple of the co-hosts don't make knives like Ben. Ben could be a guest judge. Okay. And then we have viewership judging. Whereas, so if like, let's say we get a tie in the viewership, the podcast hosts who are the judges can break that tie. See, I like that idea. Or we could do it like the challenge video that Dennis Tyrell has been running where 50% comes from the judges. 50% comes from the popularity vote. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we could all be judges and we're not allowed to vote. We're not allowed to vote for ourselves. Right. Um, Brian House won the popularity vote. And then I came in with the Electoral College and somehow killed him. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was an awesome conclusion to all the all the shit talking that went on. That was that was that was a good episode. I like that with with (laughs) Dennis. That was that was good. Yeah, it was fun for sure. For sure. Dennis sounded like he was sick. He sounded like he had a cold in that episode. And if that's the case, I hope you feel better. Absolutely. So listen, we got another segment we got we got to get to. We've been recording for almost an hour here. Um, we oh, does that mean a dad joke? I can do Uh, a dad joke. Well, well, no. This is this is not your podcast. No. It's so awesome to actually see it because, like, when I was on work for it, you guys can't see each other when you record, but we can. It's 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 so much better. And also, just to let you guys know, this is hopefully going to be the first podcast where we release the video. So, yo, nice. I'm on my new fangled laptop that I got. How dare you? You didn't uh, even give me warning. I didn't do my makeup. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) But we've actually got two more segments to do. So we got to do Florida Man of Fraud and then we got to do the Patreon spotlight. That's right. Let's do it. So So let's do Florida Man of Forge. Or fraud? Wow. I can I yeah. can talk, I promise. Damn, Noah. You've been hitting the bottle today. <laughs> Alrighty. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to play. Is it Florida Man or Fraud? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the segment of the show where we read off a ridiculous headline that could be either from the true Florida man in Florida or somewhere else in the country. And our guest, Brian Cohn, and our co-host, Ryan Copley, get to guess. And you, the listener, get to guess at home and try and figure out if you really know Florida man or not. This first one is brought to us by Neil Maximus, and he sent in this Glorious, glorious Florida man story. The question is, 
Is it really Florida Man? The headline reads, Woman Bites Camel's Testicles in Bizarre Truck Stop Showdown. Yo. <laughs> what? what? Say that again. Okay, all right. I got to read this one again. The headline reads, Woman Bites Camel's Testicles in Bizarre Truck Stop Showdown. I feel... All right, so here we go. Here we go. So so when I'm reading the story, like I'm obviously you guys know that I can't speak properly. So I've actually blanked out the words that would denote location. So when I okay. say the word blank, I'm just meaning blank as in, you know, blank location. So a truck stop turned into a real zoo when a woman chomped down on a camel's testicles while trying to retrieve her dog that had scrambled into the dromedary's den, according to a new report. The showdown between the woman who wasn't identified and Casper the Camel, a roadside attraction, happened Thursday at a truck stop in Blank, about 20 minutes outside of Blank. The woman's husband was tossing treats to their dog under Casper's fence, prompting the pup to crawl inside the enclosure, the sheriff's office told the advocate Sunday. The couple followed after the dog, but the woman didn't get very far before Casper took a seat on top of her, crushing her. So she bit down on his genitals to free herself, she told police. She said, quote, I bit his balls to get him off of me. I bit his testicles to get off of me. Stephanie Lowe's <laughs> Hamilton Jr. told the report. Oh, my God. An investigation revealed that the couple had provoked Casper before he sat on the intruder. The camel did nothing wrong, Hamilton said. The couple was aggressive. The camel was just doing its normal routine. Male dromedaries can weigh up to 1,320 pounds, according oh to the San God. Diego Zoo. Employees at the truck stop did not face any charges because the camel was enclosed and signs uh, warning the public to stay out are posted every 10 feet, the deputy added. Mm. So there at the end, I said, according to the San Diego Zoo, that has nothing to do with the location. That's just someone that they called to reference the story about how big the camel was. I feel like you're backpedaling. I feel like that was a tell. <laughs> See, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I, on the entire way through, I was thinking this, this camel, camels don't really do well in humid environments. They're more of a, you know, desert type thing. But then again, there's, there's roaming zoos and there's, you know, petting zoos all over the place. So I'm sure you could even find camels, you know, wherever. So this could be anywhere. Dude, one time my buddy and I were hunting up north of here, up north, northeast of here, and we're driving along looking for deer. And I look over on the side of the road and I see a camel. I'm not joking. I thought I was out of here. No, dude, north central Washington. We're driving around looking for deer and I look over and I see a freaking camel. No joke. And then I found out later on, apparently there's a farm up there that has camels. Oh, but can, can you imagine the thought that went through my head when I saw a camel when I was out deer hunting? I, yeah, I thought I was losing my mind. I thought I was going crazy. Yeah. See, but anyways, uh, here that, in my Michigan, point, my, my point is, is that they are everywhere. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I'm I'm going to say fraud on this. I, I don't think that this is inside of Florida because I feel like the humidity would be too much for a camel. OK, mm. Yeah, I'm going to go with fraud. I agree. I feel like this is more of a 
Utah, Nevada area type incident. I'm going to say somewhere around San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys are right, but you're wrong. Okay, so this was definitely a fraud. Okay. But it's from Louisiana. All right, so not that far off. So I I don't know much about Louisiana, but I know it's humid there too. So I don't know why there was a camel at a truck stop sideshow, but apparently there was. Huh. Interesting. So you so both got that one. You both got that one correct for the wrong reasons. All right, here we go. This next one, uh, I I don't even know. Here we go. The headline reads: Man jumps into Bass Pro Shop fish tank. A man climbed the side of a Bass Pro Shop's fish tank in blank, then jumped in before quickly running away. In a video, the man is seen climbing on an artificial rock formation before performing a cannonball into a large fish tank (laughs) at a store in Blank Mall. The soaking wet man then jumps out and runs from the store before the video ends. Quote, we are deeply concerned about attempts to promote and sensationalize incidents of this nature. The viewer who created this video was clearly an accomplice with an understanding it was going to happen. So you talked about on the last podcast about how you're you're going to try to put in a red herring where you're going to pick out something from a the location from around where the guest is from. And I distinctly remember this happening in a giant mall with a Bass Pro Shop attached down by Detroit. So I am going really? fraud on this one. Wow. Okay. You even know the story. See, that's that's cheating. You can't know things about the story. <laughs> See, I had heard that story too, and I remember it being somewhere northern or in the northeast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in Michigan. So I'm calling fraud. Both wrong. Oh, wow. Oh. That's as Florida as it gets, man. Jumping into Uh, a fish tank in Bass Pro Shops. That That is pretty Florida. Yeah, that was was absolutely Florida. But I think it's insane that there was a copycat in Detroit. That is – I'm shocked. I, now, Those... I, this this very could this very well could be you know a false memory that I have, but I I distinctly remember that hearing about it happening from like a person like somebody that I know is like, man, I was down near Detroit and it happened, and I was just in there. I just missed it. That's funny. All right. Oh, uh, well, cool. Those well, Bass Pro Shop fish tanks are impressive. Yeah, yeah, they, they are. must oh, have a team of people on staff taking care of those things. They are humongous. Oh, they have to be. I mean, you, you're talking about basically, you know, you go into an aquarium and obviously there's a lot more fish in an aquarium, but like it's a small one at the very least. I mean, you know, if you take like, you know, if you go into an aquarium, you've got the different tanks and everything. It's one or two of those, you know, just just in a store. So and I mean, there's some big fish in there, too. So it's it's pretty awesome. They put they put a lot sure. into that. So before we wrap this up, let's roll into the Patreon spotlight. We got a new one this week. Um, Forged in Fire Royalty. So we'll start right off with Donnie Dulovich, who won third place in my raffle. Nice. Nice Material.at, Aru Bladeworks, Brigham Kindell, Mark LeBlanc, Mark Vanderworth, BexArmory.com, Todd Harrington, Dennis Tyrell, Trucks Claire Custom Cutlery, 
Maritime Knife Supply, Driver Defense Knives, Noah Bloomberg, Crafty Man Forge, thanks for the voiceovers, Tortuga Blade Works, Jared at Echo Blades, Sourwood Creations, Bremner Built Knives, Snake Branch Knife Works, Stormlight Forge, Timber Tiger Forge, Ed Soul, Paternostri Fabri- Fabrica, it and is. Ira Housework. Yeah, man. Nice. Is our new one. Ira's a great guy. I love the interview with Ira. I mean, I've loved all of the interviews I've ever done, but like, oh my goodness, as that was a he, fun one. He's on our schedule. He, I don't know. Uh, I can actually check the date right now because it's on my phone. But he yeah, that's will gonna be, be awesome. He seems podcast. like a really cool dude. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, he is Christmas Day. Yo, nice Christmas. I, Christmas with Ira. Yeah, so. I told him, you know, the schedule, depending on how all three of ours coordinates, because my kids are grown, so I'm available. But it's, you know, uh, so we might record the day before, day after. Who knows? We'll see. Sure. Sure. We'll have to figure that out. But my question is, is why didn't we have Sharp Santa for that day? You know, there's there's a good question there. There's a good question. All right, man. So who's the who's the spotlight on? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. All right, uh, magic finger touch. Uh, Tortuga Blade Works, Brian Tortuga. Hennigan. Yeah, man. All right, well, that's easy for me to talk about because he is he is honestly one of my favorite uh, bladesmiths that I follow. That guy, I, there, there are certain people who I can look at and I can just appreciate the work that they put into something and, and be like, wow, that's really clean. Or, you know, that clearly took a lot of time. And then there are people who I look at their work and their style just yeah. appeals to me. And I, I, we talked about that a little bit last week with, with Jason Knight and how I, how much I love his style and how that drew me to, you know, to learn from him and everything. And, and it is no different with, with Brian Hindenkamp. This, this guy has this style that I just love the way that he, the way that he does his builds. And just like as a man, you know, like I have this thing where, I'm drawn to other hardworking men and the dude is the director of an emergency room. Yeah. Yeah. Like he has a full-time gig in a hospital and he, in his, what little spare time he has, he's putting out these high, high end quality heirloom quality knife pieces that are just, they're unbelievable. I mean, I look at his work and I'm like, I'm like, I'm a peasant. (laughs) you know what i mean like you look at somebody's work and you're like holy fuck yeah you look at his work and you think oh my god i have a long way to go for sure man brian hidden camp tartuga blade works even though he spells his first name wrong i it's he still has really fantastic style right down to his merch that freaking tortuga blade work shirt I am mm-hmm. on his list of people to buy one of those shirts as soon as as soon as the color one comes out. Because don't get me wrong, I love the the black and white look, but just those crazy colors going into it, the the scene of like this, I mean, it's it's so cool. Go if you can't buy one of his knives, you got to go get one of these shirts because you're never going to see another knife maker with that level of style. And the price is is so awesome. Yeah. It, the sh- the shirts are 20 bucks, 4.99 for shipping. Right. I mean, wow. it, like I I love buying other makers merch to support them, but sometimes guys are out there selling t-shirts for 45 bucks. 
Right. And I just can't justify 45 bucks for a t-shirt. I'm like, holy fuck, that's hoodie right. prices. You know right. what I mean? Well, and a lot of times it's, it's you know, you're buying stuff in small badges and that cost is just what, what it, I mean, what you have to pay for t-shirts. So, but that's an incredible price he's selling these at. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, Tortuga Blade Works on Instagram. Go follow him and look at these shirts that he's got. It's basically like a Davy Jones skull-esque yeah. uh, type of headshot with a, you know, the the pirate hat. And he's got a couple of his style blades that are on there as well. And it, it just looks cool as all get out. So go, go follow the man, uh, pick up a shirt. He has some incredible blades. He does a lot of stainless sand my, which I love. But the one thing that he does that I do not do is he leaves forge scale on mm-hmm. close up to the spine of his blades that just gives it a whole other look that is is unlike other people's work and it looks incredible. It He's does. got this it really does. This, this quick video that he posted of a karambit that he did, and it looks like it's a stainless sandmai. I can't tell for sure. But most people know what a karambit looks like. This one looks evil. It <laughs> he's he's got like this a couple of little steps that he put in in the actual blade after the handle, and the curve on it is wicked looking. I have no idea what the handle material is, but it's awesome too. So go check out Tortuga Blade Works. Check out this insane looking karambit that I'm looking at. Check out his t shirts. And give the man a follow, and maybe buy a T-shirt if you if you decide you need one, and uh, definitely support our man who uh, who supports us. So don't stuff. decide if you need one; you need one. Go get one. You need one. Go and also, it. do you know what else you guys need? A pound of black pearl. Come on, guys, let's get this stuff moving. Do it. Let's go. Do it. Go. Support I want to see our, it in so many people out there. I want to see all of you guys get your hands on some black pearl. I want to see what it looks like with your style on it. Absolutely. So guys, do you guys have time for one more thing to talk about before we go? 1000%. I'll, I'll be here until two in the morning. If you want to do this Joe Rogan style, let's go. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I can't handle it. All right. So big news and excitement for, for me this week is I finally got myself a heat treat oven. Yeah. We, we talked about this a little bit. We talked about this a little bit um, uh, on one of our first tries at this podcast today, but I'll go ahead and, and say it again. So I did a lot of, you know, I asked around and, and kind of, you know, got people's opinions on, you know, what, you know, most people are even heat or Paragon, yada, yada, yada. I got a lot of really great feedback. Um, I got a really, a ton of feedback from uh, Lawrence from Maritime Knife Supply. And the dude was just throwing crazy information at me that, I mean, I wouldn't have known to ask the questions that he was answering to me. And it just kind of, and when I kind of got down to it and I kind of made up my mind, I was asking him about, you know, the stuff on his website and he's like, Oh no, I I can't ship kilns to the U S and I'm like, wait, you just spent all this time talking to me and giving me all this information without even the hope of a sale. Like that's crazy to me, you know? So right. and that just shows you what, what kind of a guy Lawrence is and his willingness to, to help out the community and, and just be that wealth of information that he is. And so I really appreciated that. And in the end, I found, um, you know, most people were telling me, um, you know, find the one that you want and then go a size bigger, you know, and, and get, you know, get the solid state relay, get this, get that, you know, buy once, cry once. And to those people, I have to say, have you ever considered buy twice, cry twice? 
because <laughs> honestly, you're sort of just you know you're you're underestimating my my ability for uh, self self defeating uh, tendencies. So I went and I bought a smaller oven. But here's the thing. So I found this one. It's called the Knife Dogs Kiln. It's made by Paragon. It's a bit smaller oven, but it comes with Paragon's top of the line controller. So I mean, it's Wi-Fi controlled. It's it's got all the bells and whistles, but it's got a smaller uh, inside cavity. But the thing is, is that all the blades that I produce will fit inside this kiln. So I went ahead. I ordered it. It was in. I mean, insanely cost effective. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. So. I ordered it and normally it comes in their kind of signature orange, but unfortunately they were having trouble with that color. So it only came in black. No big deal to me. You know, black kind of goes with everything. So I went ahead and ordered it and I got it just the other day and it was not black. It was, and I'm not kidding, baby poop brown. And and if you go on my Instagram, you can see the reel that I posted of it. I, 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 I was kind of torn because I was like, what, what the hell is this color? You know, like it's a kiln. It's going to do kiln things. Does it really matter what color it is? You know, but I just couldn't get over it. So one thing that I love to do is I love to send emails to companies. I get, (laughs) I, I, I have this, uh, this ability to sound somewhat professional while still being a sarcastic asshole. And so I, I, I sent them this email and, and it reads, hi there. I recently ordered a knife dogs heat treat oven from you guys. And I just received it today. While I have to say that I received it well ahead of when I expected, and I have been happy with every other aspect of my order. There is no escaping the fact that this oven is baby poop Brown. <laughs> when yep. I ordered it, it said very explicitly that it was only available in black. No issue to me. I really like black. I would have been fine with the orange color that it used to come in, but unfortunately, it is not. I'm not sure how that happened since it was only available in black, or how even to fix the situation since I'd really hate to return it and wait for another one. Please tell me your thoughts. Thanks, Noah B. Order number, blah, blah, blah. Photo of the offending oven. And I attached a photo of this baby poop brown oven. (laughs) So, good on them. They called me back. So, they actually, they didn't email me. They called me. And basically said that they worked out this oven in conjunction with Paragon, who makes them. And so she actually had to call down to Paragon and find out that they decided that since they didn't have the old orange, they had this other color, and they would just spray it that color and send it out to their customers. Mm. (laughs) Without even telling USA Knife Maker that they were doing it. So she offered me, you know, she's like, hey, we, you know, you can return it, you know, we'll send you a new one, you're gonna have to wait again. And I was like, eh, I know how things get jacked up with shipping, you know, it's no big deal. She's like, well, if you want, you can just paint it yourself, you know, normal, like high temp paint will work. And I'm like, okay, all right, well, I'll do that. And so in the end, she, you know, she gave me a gift card for, you know, the difference of what it, you know, what it would cost them to do the return and everything. So in the end, I was really happy. I have a baby poop brown oven, but I'm going to paint it soon. So it's okay. Yeah, I was going to say, throw on some spray paint. Maybe you can even like, you know, since you're already spray painting it, you might as well put your logo over the damn thing. You know, I was thinking about that. I might, I might just do that, you know, just like throw on a a a resist or something or like a a vinyl or something and then spray over it and then pull it off, you know, 
But yeah, Black so and the baby wh- poop orange. <laughs> yeah, baby, poop, uh, baby poop brown logo. Yeah, there you go. Big <laughs> ERF and baby poop brown on the side. Oh. But no, yeah. So it's been, I, I heat treated my first batch yesterday, and the the biggest thing that I noticed was how straight the blades came out. I didn't have any yeah. warping, just laser straight. And I've had, you know, I've had great success heat treating in a forge up to this point, but it was definitely time and I'm I'm really excited about it. So it's good stuff. Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. Now you can do stainless. I know. You know what? That 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 thought actually hadn't occurred to me until I was grinding a knife yesterday to, to heat train. I was like, wait a second. I could do this in stainless if I wanted to. I forgot all about that. Yeah, that's so. huge for sure. Um, the problem with stainless, th- though, is that then I'll get orders for stainless and I want to forge things. So, I mean, mm. it's a trade off. It's a trade off for sure. But I feel like doing stainless, you open yourself up to so many people that don't want to get high carbon steel because it's kind of finicky. Like, yeah, think about right. the everyday chef that was like, oh, a high carbon steel, you know, you know, I'm I'm going to make the thing rush. So there's no sense in buying such an expensive knife. Where you say, oh, well, then you've got stainless as an option. Boom. There you go. There's a sale that you would have missed otherwise. I yeah, make more you're, stainless you're right. knives than I do not stainless now. Yeah. Yeah. See, the, that's, that's what I don't want to do. <laughs> there's, there's pros and cons because I'm not forging. Right. So for me, it, it's the heat treat process, in my opinion, is is easier, even though there is an extra step. There's two extra steps, actually. Because you either have to paint the blades with the anti-scale paint or you have to wrap them in the stainless steel tool wrap. And that right. stuff is like playing with bendy razor blades. Right, right. Um, yeah. But oh, well. I, I will say, I, did, I was doing some research earlier today and uh, our boy Lawrence at Maritime Ice Supply seems to have like the absolute best price on that stainless heat treat foil. And he also has AEBL in stock, unlike a lot of other places who are out of it. So, yeah, go check out Maritime Knife Supply. They're they're great. He's Lawrence Lake is a hell of a guy. I'm I know you guys hear me say it all of the time on the Work for It podcast, but shipping. I don't know if it's just the fact that I'm so close to where he's at. I get it like within just a couple days whenever I order yeah. something from him. But that's what people say all over the nation, where it's like. It's it's surprising that sometimes he'll get it to you before like a a a shop that is in America will get it to you. It's he's just got a way. I don't know what it is. He's he's like magic or something. And he's yeah. also a great guy where you say, "Oh, well, you don't have this, but I'm really looking for this type of a thing." Either he will figure it out for you and say, "Go find it over here," like he did with your with your heat treat oven. Or he will be like, oh, well, let me find that for you and we can make a deal out of this. Boom. Mm-hmm. There it is. He's like your one stop shop. Well, yeah, I mean, he does. He does carry everything. And but the other thing that you were saying about the, the whole shipping thing, I base who I buy from a lot on shipping. Yeah. And I was buying abrasives from one company. And finally, I just stopped because I I couldn't wait the time that it would take them to get me the abrasives. And I'm not going to name them, but um you know, I just, that was the, I love their product. They had good customer service, but their shipping was just unbelievable. I couldn't do it anymore. Mm. So when you're talking about shipping stuff from Canada to me in under a week, when other places take two, three weeks within the U.S., it's right. unbelievable. Yeah. It and sh- shipping for us is important because like, 
I don't know about you guys, but for me, a lot of the times if I'm ordering something that's oddball, it's because somebody asked for it. Yeah, right. so, for sure. Uh, I need that material in, you know what I mean? So I can start that knife. Like I, I generally stick to the same steels like yeah. ABL for stainless or I really like ADCRV2 for high carbon. Um, but I've had lately, it seems I've had people ask for A2, Nitro V, uh, CPMS 30 V and having fast shipping so I can get that steel in is crucial um, yeah. because if it takes, so let's say I order it, Lawrence gets it to me in three days, but I order it from some other Joe Schmo and it takes them two weeks to get it to me. I'm already two weeks behind on that knife. Exactly. Exactly. You know? But yeah, with that, that, that time is very valuable. Why don't you play us off, Beacon? You've got the playoff music. Yeah, sure, we can do that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Thank Dude, you who's for listening to the Hustle and Grind podcast. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate Goodbye, you so much. Goodbye. That was a good one. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed every single moment of this this podcast. I've, I've been a big fan for a long time. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you all and everybody out there. I hope you have a fantastic working week. I'm Brian Cohn. I'm, I'm Noah. Ryan. I'm Ryan. I'm Ryan. And we hope that you work for it, baby. We hope that keep you hustle. Hustling. Uh, keep on hustling and keep on grinding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, yeah.